Episode 30 is upon us, my friend, and it's a special one. We have Bonds, our head writer. He's pulling double duty tonight. So he's going hey to call him into the wee hours of the morning. But this was such a sh- like dynamite show, no pun intended, that bon- <laughs> Bonds wanted to join us here tonight, and he's filling in for SPD. Um, and Bonds, you are in for a treat with this one. I think this is going to be one of those shows where we are just going to be geeking out throughout oh, the yeah. whole the whole night. Um the whole Twitterverse was buzzing. Um, really, all all eyes from the wrestling world were on AEW tonight, right? This was the, the Literally. first. Yeah, this was the first week where AEW ran unopposed and really um, cemented and staked their claim to Wednesday nights. Um, what a way to do it tonight, man. Right? It's absolutely amazing fashion, brother. Um, you got that card that we could throw up there for the fans. We can, yes, sir. That. Let, let's talk about what we saw tonight. Um, action packed, really the graphics. AEW's team is just absolutely do- dominating. Um, when it comes to these graphics, their, their visuals are always on point. Um, and this is no no difference, man. This is this is a great way to showcase all that was going on. Um, lot a lot to sh- to talk about, Bonds. But we'll go through the card, man. First things first. That tag match, you know, I had even even in a losing effort. Pac had Twitter buzzing. Pac and Phoenix absolutely put on a clinic tonight. They then yeah. they got to go up against the newly uh, heel. Uh, Definitely feeling themselves. Uh, the, <laughs> oozing machismo. They, they were like they were say. definitely oozing machismo, brother. They had the Christian <laughs> Dior Nikes Air Jordans on. The oh yeah. Bedaz- the, the the jewels bedazzle headbands. The, their gear was on point. The Bucks came out, um, and, and they I think, you know they they had a, a lot to prove tonight, right? I mean, um, let's jump into that first, right? Let's go. Let's just dive right in. Um, we're gonna to we're gonna get into that first match because dynamite it kicked off with a bang. They, th- that tag match set the bar high. We here have gotten very accustomed to you know the young bucks leading off dynamite, and when they do those matches, that those dynamites in which they are the opener are always always memorable. They they have a way of bringing in energy and setting a tone, setting setting the bar so high for the rest of the show. And this was no no different, man. Um, oh no way! Let me hear your thoughts before I just uh, go on and on about how much I love this. I'd love to hear what you thought about this match. Sort of, what were your what was your overall take? Um, was this an elite or delete from you, and why? Well, first and foremost, this was definitely an elite from me. Uh, 
I think that after last week, we we were kind of wondering what to expect from the Bucks. There was a lot going on, obviously, in that segment last week mm-hmm. where they they officially turned heel. That was a big deal, and uh, they immediately showed their heel side. They weren't messing around last week. Their their style changed. Their in ring work changed. Everything about how they present themselves changed, and it was so fun. They were doing so many just dirty backhanded tactics to get ahead in this match. And the way they won the match where, you know, we'll just get to that right away. They ripped off Nick uh, Ray Phoenix's mask. Like Nick did that to win the match when, you know, they were on the borderline of losing their titles and man, what a way to, to do them dirty. Cause that's really what they did. They did them dirty to, to get that match. Uh, And I think it was a really good indicator of what we're going to get from these guys as heels. And it was pretty awesome. Like, yeah, don't lie. Yeah, for for me too, man. Like the, when I look at like the way this match played out, right? I think yeah. a lot about like, you know, all right, like let's be real. I have been somebody who's been trying to advocate a big picture view of the young bucks and mm-hmm. and the story, right? A lot of people have gotten on them about like the flip flopping of good versus bad, and are they a good guy? Or are they a bad guy? For me, I kind of see, you know, it's it's an example of human nature. We all struggle with our, our inner morality, right? And and like, are we going to do what's right? Are we going to do what's convenient? Are we going to do what, what fits us best? Or are we going to do what we feel is best for everyone else? And, and so when you put that kind of morality play at the center of guys who truly, when you, when you look at their story, right, these guys were indie darlings kind of the renegade group kind of like they kind of made their name for themselves as kind of being those like uh the 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 uh, anti-establishment anti-norm um you know did what they felt like they they paved their own path right um and for them to do that and then rise up and to become really recognized as one of the greatest tag teams in the modern era um and to build this company now they're in this unique situation where if they win you're gonna have people out there and there are a lot of people in the twitterverse who are gonna say man these guys are only champs because they're the executive you know they're vice presidents and things like that right so you're gonna see a lot of those types of arrows getting slung at them meanwhile you know these guys have fought and scratched and clawed to get to that position so like it's 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 a very unique situation and and i think that this match as a fan, I was absolutely fascinated by because now yeah. that we saw the Bucks, really, especially in that promo from BTE with Kenny, talking, leaning in more to you know, let's per, let's forget about what all these critics, all the fans, all everybody thinks of us, and let's just get back to who we are. And, and when you put them in a match against Phoenix and Pot and Pack, um, it really was a test for our tag team champions. And I think that like, you know, you see a lot of people even on Twitter making these comments, you know, Matt Jackson's in his, he's, he's basically my age, mid thirties. Right. And, and and Nick's in his younger, in his lower thirties, they're not the young bucks anymore. And, and kind of all these people slinging arrows at them, you're going against two of the absolute, mostly most athletic superstars in all of pro wrestling. I mean, when you look at Phoenix and Pac, you know, that's what I love about them. And SPD yeah. always marks out about Phoenix and his ability to make the, like the uncanny look common. Um, you know, these guys are the type that will push the pace 
and will absolutely test how much you got in the tank. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're the Young Bucks, you know, I, I felt like this was an app was a perfect litmus test for them. And I felt like they they, they had something to prove. I felt like they the went in, they went into this match, right, with like an with an edge and an attitude that yes, you know, the cocky heel side of them, but also like, all right, like you like we're going to show you guys why we are the best in the world. We're going against some of these like incredible athletes and we're going to hang with them. And we're going to show like, I mean, there were countless spots where they went above and beyond to show sort of that arrogance, that, that uh, over the top, their athleticism. I mean, doing backflips into, into a drop kick, you know, like oh, all sorts, so, there's so all, many good spots, all sorts of these amazing spots that I think were purposeful to again, remind the world, uh, yeah, there's some incredible talent out there. And this even goes on to, we'll talk about it later on when the bullet club had that backstage promo, but where it was, yeah, there's a lot of talent out there, but don't, don't sleep on the bucks. Don't forget why we are the champs. Don't forget why we were, why the AEW is even here. And that's because of us. And I thought they took this matchup very personally. Definitely. Definitely. It felt personal on both sides in a lot of ways. Uh, they wanted to go out and prove themselves. And I feel like Pack and Phoenix, they wanted to go out there and prove themselves as well as somebody who deserves to be those those champions. And there was a couple moments where it looked like they were going to to win. And uh, it felt like it was it felt really close a lot of I times. Know. And these guys just beat the hell out of each other. It was um it's it's a, what I really enjoy about both of these teams is that they can do these awesome high flying spots that are so entertaining and cool and unique. And they can also just batter each like their opponents and mm -hmm. make so many things look painful. Like when Matt was just raking pa uh, Pax and Phoenix back, like kept doing that. That just looked so painful. And there were so many spots like that where, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm talking about with the change with their style. There was a lot more aggression from the young bucks than usual. Sometimes they they like to get in their little spot fest things where they just kind of do a lot of just they just do kind of crazy stuff all the time. Yeah, and I think tonight they they were a little more methodical, and you can kind of tell like, hey, we're we're not going out here to entertain you anymore. We're out here to to be the best. And, and some of those moments, show. right. And some of those moments where they did, they did those like incredible athletic or spots that they're, they're known for. Yeah. We're almost done in a, in a mocking fashion, right. They right. Kind of, like, and, and then that like built up their, like their character. Work and that got more obvious this. as it went along. Matt Absolutely. was intentionally mocking oh. himself at one point. That was, that was the funniest moment of the night. Yeah. He intentionally like was doing his own stuff ribbing himself in a lot of ways, which you don't ever see stuff like that. But he, he went that extra mile and he was apparently ribbing the fans based on what they said later too. So it was a really cool, just really fun match. I enjoyed it a lot. Absolutely, man. And both of these crew, both these teams really sent, send a message to the locker room. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we were out here watching it, but I mean, AW did a great job of showcasing, you know, all, all the, you know, you saw, you saw jungle boy and, and Luchasaurus out there. You saw a lot of these tag teams in the crowd, butcher and blade watching this match. And, and they got to see a treat, man. I mean, this was an absolute showcase. I feel like all eyes were on this match. Um, in the wrestling world, but I think also I talk about all the time, the AEW tag division is so deep. And now that Pac and Phoenix have, I, again, 
I really was rooting. I'm, I'm rocking my pock shirt again. Um, I was really rooting for that title change. I kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to happen based off of all the all the the shine and the work that's going on with the Bucks characters right now. Um, and I, but I really believe that that these two guys, Pac and Phoenix, deserve gold at some point in in AW. I really think that they're two of the best wrestlers on the planet. Um, but it was it was one of those matches that sent sent shockwaves throughout the locker room. sent sent a message, um, and that became very clear at the end of this match when you saw what the Bucks were willing to do. I mean, honestly, Phoenix and Pac, they had this one, right? I mean, we saw, uh, we saw Pac hit that, the, the black, like we saw him hit the black arrow. We saw like, we saw Phoenix right there, ready to, to, to take advantage and ripping off that mask. It was one of those moments where you saw, all right, like they were presented as equals. Yeah. Um, but that extra nastiness that heel edge of the bucks is what really got them to win tonight and and, and so that further re-emphasizes the importance of that character shift for them that they may have lost this match if they were the the bucks that we were kind of getting to see on tv where that you know they're they're kind of pandering to the audience and things like that that extra fame. that extra edge is really what made them win and and at the end of the day it's all about who wins brother it's all about that gold so yeah. Got to keep that W to be the elite, right? Um, that's right, brother. And and speaking of Ws, I have a feeling that somebody is going to be racking up Ws left and right going forward. I know I'm not the only one who sees the Goldberg push coming for Jade Cargill. I just see this woman racking up Ws left and right. Um, obviously, you know, I've gotten the chance to talk to Thunder Rosa and, yeah. and what, the first name that rolled off her. I mean, she is a huge advocate for red velvet and, and, and we see why she's got this fire to her. Um, got, she really comes off as a very believable baby face. She's somebody who pushes herself, um, kind of has that underdog vibe to her. A little small for sure. She's good. Yeah, really right. athletic. And, and the way the match started was like, you know, Boom, before the bell rings, she went right at Jade. She kind of had that fire in her belly and wants to prove herself. I really love that, but um, there's no denying Jade Cargill. There's, there, at no. this point, there's there's no denying what they have with Jade. Oh, man. This was a, a, another great, great match because Jade just looked so on point once she got going because Red Velvet got that shock first couple of moves in, and then Jade just – threw her down like she was nothing at a point and it was just like okay this is where it's gonna go um last week red velvet had a good promo on jade and she kind of said you know the first time you beat me you barely beat me and you better do better this time and this time i think she did she looked just incredible and most of the stuff where jade kind of lost momentum was on her own because jade's another showboater she knows she's good and she's gonna tell you and so yep. she lost some momentum on her own and really, those were the only chances Red Velvet had a, a chance to get any offense in after that initial push. Yes. So, so Jade just looks like a star. She acts like a star. Um, she talks like a star. And in the ring, she can bring it. She does a lot of really good stuff. Everything she does looks like it hurts. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks very painful. And and the Goldberg comparisons are really interesting because they're they're legitimate. I think in a in a women's division where there's not anybody that's as big and strong as her. She looks like she could just go to town on anybody right now. Yeah. And and Red Velvet's again somebody that we we all like and think that she's got a lot of upside and she just squatted her like a fly. 
Yeah, and, and and this is a great pairing because it is such a David and Goliath type of matchup, right? You get to Definitely. see, like, you, it really it only further emphasizes what we love about each of these two, right? We get to see yeah. Red Velvet as that, you know, heroic, scrappy baby face who's pushing with everything she's got to prove herself and to try to overcome this incredible obstacle. And then you have Jade, who literally looks like she's carved out of granite, um, who who has really no problem beating the crap out of you and enjoying every moment of it, right? Okay. She's just got – Jade knows that she's she's got it. Jade knows that she's going to – it's going to take uh, an act of God to stop her from reaching her goals. And so you have these two polar opposites going head-to-head. It's really a, a beautiful – classic storytelling and professional wrestling with these two. Um, and I think that they, they, they pushed each other in a way that was really exciting in this matchup. I agree. Jade, Jade again, man, like her power was on full display tonight. Um, everything about her, just the, her little Kate, her cadence in the ring. Like you talked about it bonds, like she's a showboat. Um, but it, it comes off very natural. It's it's not one of those where you know she's playing a bad guy or playing an egotistical heel. It, it feels very natural with Jade, where she she's she's growing into her, to like that comfort zone of being on television. Jr. pointed it out, man. She's been on. She hasn't had a. She's only had like four singles matches in AEW at this point. You wouldn't be so, able to tell based on tonight, right? She looks right. as good as anybody. I totally agree. Totally agree, and I think that as we get to see more and more of Jade, she's going to only feel more and more confident, more and more comfortable on screen, which is hard to imagine given what we just talked about. I mean, she is she's as smooth of an overall performer right now uh, in the women's division as you could ask for, um, and she's a bankable commodity. I know that there's been a lot of injuries in the women's division. You know, we talked about. Anna Jay, unfortunately, she felt like she was just hitting that, hitting her stride before she got hurt. Um, and, and Jade really immediately it gets injected into the scene here and fills a major role for them because um, right now, yes, Jade's playing a heel. Um, big picture, I think that there's a groundswell of support for Jade. I think that there's a lot of people who see what we see that she could, she's a real star, and it will eventually get to a point when her her support and the like the admiration for what she can do is going to make her a popular heel. Um, yeah. She's going to get it over like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was a no doubt, uh, elite for me. I felt like both of these match, like AW started this show off with just absolute fire, man. Like that tag match was a 30 minute tag match. It felt like it was three minutes. It just breathed. It just blew, blew past us. It was so fast. And then, this match was a really convincing win for Jade, um, but it, it, we had those little heroic moments from Velvet that kept us coming back for more in this one. Which is why she's popular, exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Bonds, before we move to the next segment, where do you see both of these competitors going? Because obviously, um, you know, Red Velvet actually I mean let's talk about it Brit 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 talked about it in her promo and you know I can't get through an episode of dynamite you know a, a dynamite download without talking Brit Baker Brit Baker talked about it in her promo about the ranking system and, and yeah. one of the one of the key things now that she emphasized was now that now that red velvet lost she's five and one and 
Britt's seven and one. So technically Britt should be above red velvet. So let's talk about where do you see before we get into the meat of Britt's promo and, and, and uh, get to dissect that and just what an entertaining segment that was, where do you see red velvet going from here? And, and where, do, who do you think is Jade's next contender? Because you mentioned there's nobody in this women's division that can really match up with Jade. From a style standpoint, who do you want to see her up against uh, down the road? Well, starting with Red Velvet, uh, I kind of see her kind of pushing all the time. I like that about her. I want her to be in that top five range Mm -hmm. where she's kind of pushing for the title, getting wins, um, you know, putting people over like Jade, who are kind of like this big monster heel. I like that role for Red Velvet. I think that, and I think that there's title. Tight, like the titles in the future for both of these women, I think um, they're both very good um, and they're both good at what they do. And I think that against an opponent that's not Jade, Red Velvet's going to look much more like much better on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I think I would like to see Statlander versus Jade. Uh, that was a really fun match later in the show. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Chris is a good face now with the, the best friends. Like I think that that could be a really fun match because they're both um, powerhouses powerhouses exactly and that's something that um there aren't a lot of options for powerhouses against somebody like jade and if you really want to legitimize her even more against somebody that's more veteran as well um you could do that and have you know two bigger opponents against each other which would be really fun um i I think if jade was you know less of a heel i I would obviously like to see nyla rose versus that was the first name that came to my mind but i agree with you completely right now that you got to keep them two apart I yes. Agree. Plus, those are your two. Those are your two bankable, like heel, like heel women in the company. Like you have to let them do their own thing, and I think that that's very important. Um, so I, I would like to see that match. Obviously, down the line, maybe when there's a face turn for one of them, that would be really cool to see. But right now, I would I would like to see Statlander would be really fun. Um, that's really the first name that comes to mind. Obviously, I, I hear you. I think that's a great call, man. I, I I saw the same thing that you saw when we watched Statlander return tonight. It's been a while since we've seen Chris in action, and Years. she 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 looked absolutely incredible. Um, and and you nailed it with Red Velvet. I think that she needs to continue to be in the in the mix. She kind of has like that Daniel Bryan vibe to me, where she kind of yeah. got that that continuous underdog. Um, and that's that's the money having her be the in the chase, having her be that underdog who you want to see get over the hump. And just it, 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 that, as fans, only builds the more she gets knocked down, right? You want to see yeah. her get back up and see her get back into the, the mix of things. So I think you nailed it, brother. I think that that's spot on. All right, well, now that we got into that, bro, let's talk about it, right? Britt Baker is clearly – she had a great week, 2-0 and um, this week. And she is now officially seven and one in 2021, and she made a very convincing case for herself to be the number two contender, um, soon to be, as she pointed out. It's only a matter of time yeah. before Britt becomes the AEW Women's Champion. I think all of us have been chomping at the bit for it. Nobody more than 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 me and the and the Dynamite Download. We have Correct. been firm advocates for Britt being <laughs> being the, the, the absolute face of this division. And for becoming the world champion, um, you know, I believe personally, this is another example. Um, I have said it for months on end now. Uh, Britt is as bankable of a star in the entire company um, 
as it gets, it, re- yeah. regardless of the women's division, men's division, tag division, yeah. Britt Brit delivers every single time you see her out there. So for me, you know, I was dialed in, but I want to hear your state, like your your takeaway from that promo because I I honestly think that Britt brings the fire every single time. And and, and what I love about Britt, and I said it to SPD, is she, although she's a heel, right? She is very she she uses her smarts to her advantage. She's not like she's not cutting these cookie cutter promos, bro. Like she is clearly an intelligent uh observer of what's going on in the AEW landscape. Yeah. And it's so hilarious to me this subtlety in which she like subtlety or maybe not so subtle, but I've loved how like she laid on like how these very now that she loves the ranking system, now that you know she's buying into it all, I just felt like it was very well delivered from Britt. Um, obviously, we're going to see Ty Conti versus Sheeta next week, so there's a lot, lot for us as AEW fans. You know, is Sheeta going to lose that match? Um, and do you have Ty Conti become the the, the top dog, or uh, because Ty is a believable babyface, and Ty is really, I feel like one of the most improved wrestlers on the entire roster this year. Yeah. Or do you save that dethroning of Sheeta, who is the longest reigning champion in AEW history? Do you save that dethroning for the DMD? And, and in that regard, make that moment that much more special. What do, what do you think bonds? So to get back to your first question, I, I completely agree with what you said. This is a great promo from Britt. She she's so good at her delivery. She's such a cocky, just funny, entertaining uh, heel, and she's so um, she's so good at at saying things that if you said it in a different way, she would be a face. Like she'd be the good guy in a lot of ways. Um, but the way she says it makes her just such a she's a jerk, and it's great. and And I love that about Britt. She's so good at being that character um and and she's a role model and she's she's like i'm a role model you should like me you should want me to be the champ even you know that's what's great about her yeah and she's and she's right you know she's had some great matches i think that her match with thunder was one of the best matches of the year and she deserves to be recognized as somebody that's in that range for the title and eventually the champion Mm -hmm. I, i i would love to see her dethrone Sheeta. i think uh, more so than Ty, just because if once Ty gets that push, I want to see Ty have it for a little bit. Um, but Sheeta's been the champion for so long, and she's only had, I believe, two matches this whole year, um, which, you know, that's kind of un- unfortunate. And I'd I like agree. to see, um, I'd like to see Britt kind of get in there and, and, and maybe dethrone her over, over Ty, just because if there's two people that can beat Sheeta, um, then you kind of cheapen that's that true. title reign long-term um, because if I think the only way you give it to Ty is if you plan on keeping it on her for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see Brit get that title next. I want it's her to be time. the next champ. It, it is time because she's, she's gold on the mic. She's great in the ring. There's nothing negative about what she does. Um, she's the most bankable star um, in the division and one of the most bankable stars in the company. Uh, there's, she's in the top five. There's, you can't name five people that are more bankable than her as, as stars. And she's right there and she's ready. She's clearly ready to go. It's time to strap the rocket to her and let her go. Absolutely. Um, and, I couldn't and agree with you more. Another example. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Bonds. I feel like this is a this is another example of like you put her on on dark, you put her on elevation, you put her on dynamite. You, you just every show that you have put the DMD on the show because you know like she's such a great ambassador for the company in the, yeah. in in one way. Like she she obviously clearly intelligent, charismatic. Somebody who you is just knows, like you said, knows how to just turn anything into comedic gold. She's very, very funny in that regard, but she's believable. And I think that that's what really makes it worthwhile for us as fans. And I agree with you on this too, is, you know, if anyone is going to dethrone Sheeta, it should be Brit. She's put in the work. You see, you know, last year she was, she was voted as the, the most improved wrestler by PWI um, and rightfully so. Um, her character work has gotten so darn good, man. She's become really a, a must-see character on on AEW television. She Every is week. she is she is absolutely associated. When you think AEW, she's one of the first things that comes to mind in this company. And so, I hear you there. Um, and I, I think that, like you know, through that build of that feud with Thunder Rosa and Britt, we got to see another side of Britt. We got to see like what she's willing to put herself through. Um, we have to see like everybody universally, everybody agrees. Thunder Rosa is amazing in the ring. She, she's a fighter. She's a scrapper. That woman trains like nobody's business. Um, she sets the bar very high for her competition. And, you know, we saw if you can't hang with Thunder and you're not, you can't go, you can't, you're not, you're not going to last long in AEW, you know, uh, and we, we've seen some things that happened recently where that, you know, that took place. Britt hung with Thunder and then some, I think we talk give about it, give it, it her all. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, bro. Iron sharpens iron. That feud was such a great example of iron sharpens iron, just a perfect baby face, perfect heel going at it. And, and at this point we got to see Britt, is not just a great promo. Britt is a great worker in the ring. And you can count on her to, to really carry some incredible matches with other talents throughout this division. For Sheeta to be the longest reigning champion in AEW history and Britt to take that off of her, so many fans have been clamoring for Britt to finally get to that. Just put, give the belt to Britt already, right? This is going to feel such a huge moment when Britt does happen, take that belt because it is going to, like you said, Sheeta has been very protected to this yeah. point. So I, I really, I'm excited about that. I think that there's a lot to go, a lot, like a lot of star power on the horizon. That said, man, there's another guy out there that I think that you know we talk about star power. We talk about somebody being protected. I think Anthony Ogogo is somebody that. When I listen to this man speak, when I see this guy, the way he carries himself, um, he kind of has that star swagger to him. Very much reminds me of a Jade, reminds me of a Britt Baker, kind of has that natural confidence. Um, and honestly, in this regard, too, just like those two characters we talked about, I could see this guy being a face or a, or a heel in, With a story. in over the course of his career, right? I, like his story – you know, we, you and I were talking a lot about this today, that, that interview, um, that segment that came out and I'll let you kind of dive in on this one because I felt like you and I both were very impressed by the backstory of Anthony and his journey to this point. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, go out, look, look, find him on Twitter, check out that promo bonds. 
what was your impression of his in-ring debut and the build-up to it? How do you what are your what are your takeaways from Anthony Ugogo's big debut tonight? Well, speaking first on the on the promo that we watched earlier, uh, Anthony talked a lot about why he had to retire from boxing um, and how hard he had to work to get to where he is. He he basically um, had a bunch of injuries uh, long term. He had eight fractures in his in his orbital bone and went blind in his left eye um, because of of you know boxing, which that's a really tough sport, obviously. <laughs> um, he had like a torn Achilles. He had a lot of different stuff go wrong. And uh, I think that he kind of showed tonight, man, I can, I'm an athlete. I can go. Cause he beat, what was his name? Cole Carter something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He beat him in one punch. He punched him in the gut and knocked him out. Yeah. And it was so just, it was so fun to watch that because he just, showed all that, that stuff that we wanted to see and just one punch just took the dude out. Yep. And that's what you have. You have a guy that is a legit fighter who's good on the mic, who can talk, who hasn't done this very long. You know, this is this was his first match. Mm-hmm. And he ended a guy so quickly. And I think that they know what they're doing here. They have a guy that people know around the world. He's a star. He's just because he's not a star in the United States or like as a wrestler, he is a star around the world. People know who he is. And he went out there and showed tonight, Hey, I'm going to go out there and do my thing. I'm going to knock you out because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a really, it, it was an elite obviously for me. Cause I really enjoyed how they presented him in his first match because he didn't have to do anything entertain, like fly, flying crazy stuff. He went out there and punched somebody in the gut. Yep. And, I think that that's really telling for what they're going to do with him in the ring. He's going to be one of those guys that's just a brawler Mm -hmm. and a guy that can, and you can bank that guy on so many people because he's just, he might not be advanced at certain things in the ring. Uh, We don't know because we didn't see it. Uh, We have no idea what he can do, but I think having them present him in this light where he can just go beat somebody with one hand uh, is well said. Awesome and cool, yeah. and I think that it really makes the 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 factory look really strong. Having a guy that's never wrestled in a match before, uh, just able to dominate somebody that easily. I, I hear you, and I think that like that finish, you know, punch to the, that punch to the gut played off of what happened with the beatdown of Cody. And I thought, like, you know, yeah. obviously Anthony hit that punch to the gut to, to Cody, and, and he crumpled to the mat too. You know, I, I felt like. That was a playoff of that, and AEW doesn't do those things on a- a- accident, right? That they're a very purposeful company with things like that. I like that, like sort of that look back at the last week and the natural progression of where they're going to go with the story. Um, I also feel like when we look at Anthony and we see like this, this story of like how he got here, the line from that promo where he talks about, he, you know, they say that sharks are born swimming. I I was born, I was born fighting. I'm a fighter. I was born fighting. That was, it's, that was one of those moments where that's a clip AW should utilize for a long time, man. This dude, his backstory about like, you know, literally he talks about, I was born with my umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. I I, like, as a baby, I had to fight, I had to fight for my last breath, dude. That, that was one of those promos where again, not only can this dude walk the walk, but he can talk the talk too. Um, if you have a guy who's this polished, this established as an international superstar, I mean, uh, again, a big deal in the UK. 
um, that can then also talk that kind of game that he can talk. Oh, the, sky, the sky's the limit for this dude, man. I really see like a real place for him here. And, and what I like too, man, is, you know, AEW's gotten a lot of, there's a lot of fans out there who are like, man, you know, I actually I got involved in this this little back and forth where like this dude was talking about does anybody in AEW work out right and and like I was like all right like you're way off base because you clearly haven't even seen you haven't seen Miro but like let's be real like there are a lot of guys who are smaller in AEW right there that's that there are they they have a lot of these guys like Darby Allen guys who are just naturally smaller the bucks are tag team champions really like you look at our our champions in the, in the scope slider of the builds. company slider builds right there is a need for a guy like anthony to quickly interject himself into this roster right you need guys like him who aren't doing a bunch of flips who aren't like these big showmans who are just doing this acrobatics and stuff off the top rope and all that stuff you need those brawlers those big, strong, bad dudes who will punch you in the face, punch you in the gut, knock you out cold, and leave you laying, and who is believably a bad, like a brawler who will just punch you and knock you out without second thought. That's the type of guy that is missing in the AEW landscape. We talked about how Jade is such a needed piece of the puzzle for the women's division that there's not many people like her in the women's division. This is a very unique piece of the puzzle for the AW, the men's division. Just a guy who has the size, has the polish, who can do it all. Um, I mean, even when we talk about the bigger guys in AEW, like you talk about a Brian Cage, I love Brian Cage's power. Yeah. Not just strength, but his over his power and his control. But there's a difference. Yeah. But so much of his offense is based off of his athleticism. I mean, the dude is an amazing athlete. Lance Archer is another dude. Like he'll do the top rope backflip uh, out of people. You're not gonna you're yeah. not gonna see Anthony do stuff like that, bro. I got a feeling this guy is just here to fight. And I Very really fighter. That's yes, I, I think that that's a missing piece, and it's gonna he's quickly gonna be a very important piece that I think a lot of fans are going to be pockets of fans out there that he's going to cater to that they're going to rally behind. And I, I think that that's a, something that I'm going to be looking forward to going forward. Cause you know, I love myself like the FTRs. I love those throwback guys. And this is a type of guy who kind of hits that niche. And I really enjoy that. You know, I mentioned Miro in this segment because he too kind of is a guy who has that build. Who's not going to be doing a moonsault anytime soon. Miro is the type of dude who who wants to hurt people, who has a fire in his belly, uh, the Bulgarian brute that he, as he was once known as, just an absolute powerhouse in every single way. Bonds, I talked, I, I got, the, you gave me the platform and you gave me the mic when we got to talk about Britt Baker. I want to hear, but your take on on Miro's promo because, you know, this is a really. A, after what we saw with that feud with the best friends, this is, was a pivotal moment for him, right? Yeah, I I like that he called out Kip here. He really went deep on his former friend because he's been talking for a couple of weeks about not wasting his time, and he wants to go and do stuff. He's 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 kind of mirrored Lance Archer in a lot of ways. I, I think that what they've done recently has really mirrored each other, and um, 
I like what Miro did here by calling out Kip. Hey, you haven't been on TV in two weeks, buddy. Where are you? Yep. I, I need to talk to you about yep. what happened, you know, uh, against the best friends because this is a big deal. And I think um, Miro, and I always say this about Miro, when Miro's angry, he's way more entertaining. Um, he His delivery um, in his promos, he looks so intense and mm -hmm. he just – He's like the evil ultimate warrior. In a lot of ways. I love he's, that. Yeah. He's he's like the evil ultimate warrior. He's just like an angry version of that kind of guy where he's super pumped up and he's like looks like he's ready to to have a heart attack and run through a wall. Like he looks like that. Yeah, he look he's crazy. Yeah. But he's he's like he's a bad guy. He's really just ready to just beat the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that um tonight's promo was just a really good um example of that and i think that kip sabian needs to watch out if he comes back on tv just because that he looks like he's ready to he knows who he's gonna fight next <laughs> you know yeah I mean? yeah and, and and rightfully so right i mean i think a lot of us kind of were like ready for that feud to be over right yeah. but like that match would have never happened if kip didn't accept it right and that and you we got to remember like that arcade anarchy match Miro was done. He already proved his point. He was done with them, and he wanted to move on and focus in on championships. He told that to Kip's face, and Kip took. He had the personal side of things and and wanted to get you know go at it, and he accepted the match. And then what happened? Right, Miro ended up really carrying the weight for most of that match. We talked about that afterwards. Was Kip was gone in large stretches of that match, and Miro ended up being. At the end, it was a three-on-one against Miro with with Chuck and, and Orange Cassidy and the returning Trent going after Miro. So if you're Miro, understandably so, you're a little frustrated with your former best friend, Kip Sabian, because he got you into a situation where you know, you're in the main event and you kind of get embarrassed uh, and you lose. Miro's not in the business of losing, right? No. Miro's, Miro does not enjoy that. And so... I felt like that was a really nice little touch, and I could see, it, I could see Miro further solidifying that angry Ultimate Warrior vibe that you said by, you know, having a face to face with Kip and kind of play, like kind of playing that like buddy buddy, uh, cool chill video game, but like wrap his arm around Kip and then absolutely massacring him just yeah. absolutely and kip's got the build that like miro could throw kip into the, the the up the bleachers if he wanted to you know what i mean like <laughs> miro could just launch kip so i feel yeah. like that would be a very nice little mini stop along the way for miro miro made it very clear tonight if you have gold at the aw he wants to go after you you need to be hiding from miro because he's coming for you um I don't know about you, brother, but I think that like we've talked at, at, at length, and I know we're not alone. The there's a surprising lack of clear con, like challengers for each one of the each of our titles uh, um, on the men's side of things. I mean, when you look at Darby, who is his clear cut content like cha challenger for the TNT title? Who's who's that guy? Kenny Omega. You know, we've talked about that. You know, who's going to be the guy who emerges? Obviously, a lot of us are waiting. The number one contender right now is Hangman. But it feels like if you're going to have Hangman versus Kenny. It's a little soon. 
you gotta and and yeah, I mean it's 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 early, and that's like one of those mega matches where like basically dates back to the beginning of this company. You almost feel like Hangman has to win that match, right? Yeah. So you you, you don't want to give that match yet. You want Kenny to have a nice long run. Um, Miro is a contender that could emerge that I think would be believable, would put on an incredible match, and you know if you if you throw him in, especially I think against a Darby, um, that would play to the Darby typical prototype match. He could get and- a roll up win after getting beaten for ninety five percent of the match. So, so I, I am with you on, on yeah. the, the trajectory of Miro. I think that there's a lot of exciting things about this guy. And I, I like I like this presentation of him. I think that the Jim Cornettes of the world are going to – and that's a, that's a bad word around these parts. That's worse than the F word around here. But, uh, you know, I think that those kind of critics will, will have to retreat a little bit because it's been easy to pick on – AEW's presentation of Miro to this point, right? Like right. he's he's kind of been like almost like he's collecting a paycheck without having motivations, clear-cut motivations. And now that he's made those motivations clear and now he's got that fire in him, we I still have moments when we talk Miro that I think back on that battle like after that battle royal and all the like the chaos that he just the brutality. I want to see that Miro. I want to see the angry ultimate warrior. Here we're going to campaign for Miro to embrace that side of him. Oh, we yeah. need some of that. He does. You know, we we talk like we talked a lot about promos throughout this night and 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 big, you know, big star making moments um with a go-go and Miro's thing but when it comes to promos in AEW there are few and really in in the scope of wrestling that can do it like Jericho and let's get into the the Jericho Mike Tyson MJF all of this this there was so much I love how this is a narrative that kind of interwove throughout most of the show. Yeah. You know, th- like different segments. When we started off with MJF and, and Tyson, um, tell me, Bonds, you know, what stood out uh, this week before we get into the actual match? Because I, I, I think there's a lot we can dissect when it comes to Dax versus Jericho and what played Definitely. out there and their styles. There. Let's talk about the buildup of this feud because Blood and Guts is less than a month away. Um like what were your thoughts on the segments leading up to this match and uh and sort of the overall the overall pinnacle or the pineapple versus inner circle and then I'll let you kind of lead into what what you thought about the match itself okay uh well the the show opened with MJF and Mike Tyson uh, that was actually the first segment of the night uh, we thought we'd just mix it all together here to talk about everything uh, since it was kind of all encompassing throughout the show and which I loved that by the way uh, but MJF in the first segment kind of uh, was saying, Hey, you know, you're not really buddies with Chris Jericho. You want to be my friend. Like we're, we're the pineapple. You want to be part of our group. And then he, and then as soon as Mike Tyson said, you know, I don't want to be your buddy. He, you know, MJF made fun of his tattoo on his face, which is <laughs> the, one of the funniest lines of the night. He goes, you, you know, a lot about regrets. Look, if you look in the mirror or something like that, it was a, a really good line. Um, it, it was and you know, cause it's, Mike Tyson, when they were they were in the screen, his just tattoo was sitting there the whole time, and so you knew that that Max is going to make a joke, like because that's yep. what he does. He that's what he, he does. He finds the low hanging fruit and just goes after it. Yes, chomps he does. Down. And I think that was great. And like, obviously, Mike Tyson's an intimidating guy, you know. And you're one of those 
you know, those heels that it's kind of, he's kind of a cowardly heel sometimes, you know, MJF. And, you know, when Mike Tyson puts his hands up, you got to kind of be careful. And yep. uh, Mike Tyson did that. And I, I like what Tyson's doing in, in this. I think that he's um, not getting involved really in the matches all that much, but that's good. I don't want him to be Iron Mike knocking everybody out. Uh, he did end up getting involved later on, but not, not to a, a really, you know, obnoxious degree i think right. that he did what he was supposed to do and it was really really good he did his role really well mm -hmm. um and then the second the second promo which was uh i believe the third segment of the night it was really quick like that that first two back to back like um it was jericho and and the rest of the inner circle talking with mike tyson and he was like and jericho did a really good job of explaining uh how he made up with mike and a lot of other people after uh, after what happened with Pinnacle, uh, Jericho said he called a whole bunch of people that he really made angry at him and apologized. And the first person he called was Mike Tyson, and that you know they're on good terms now. And and it was a really much needed uh, good way of explaining what was going on because last week, if it would have been kind of confusing if you didn't know what was going on because the last time we saw Mike Tyson on AEW, he was you know was he beating up Chris Jericho. So it's like there's a lot of stuff uh, that You're they right. had to kind of go and and really fix. And I think Jericho did a good job. Even last week when when Chris talked, he said, you know, hey, um, I had to apologize to a lot of people, including the fans, and I've I've done that. And he it was just more examples of what he's doing to get back in the good graces of a lot of people after really doing some some dirty stuff when he was with MJF, and even a little bit before that, there was inner circle weren't these good guys like they, they were not nice guys yeah. turn john moxley blind in one eye for a while with the i mean yeah absolutely they There's were some, some bad, bad dudes stuff. yeah absolutely and uh and leading into the match like this was just a, a couple good promos to go into an awesome match i love dax lately i think he's been great uh, and i think that this match with jericho both of these guys can go uh jericho looks great right now uh i don't think that I think this was one of the best matches on the card tonight. They really did a good job. This, they, I don't know, man. I, I can't really say anything negative because there wasn't anything negative to talk about. These guys are both workhorses. That's a good thing. Yeah, right. It, it's hard to talk about their match because it was so so technically sound. And mm -hmm. you know, Mike Tyson was the the special enforcer, and there were points where they were trying to get weapons involved. And the first person trying to get weapons involved was Jericho, and and Mike Tyson sure. took it away. And he said, like, I'm going to call this down the middle as the enforcer. I'm not going to let this go on. Um, you know, Cash was there as well, and so was Sammy. And uh, Cash, you know, got a, a Mike, good old Mike Tyson to the face. Oh, my God. And that's going to be feeling that for a little while. That, that, that knockout where, I mean, his arm was, like, like stiff. Like, Cash he, sold that, like, a million bucks, man. That was such an amazing moment. Everybody oh, on Twitter yeah. was going nuts. Oh, yeah. He went, like – he went limp like a fish. He was like, he was done. And it was like, Oh man, that's how a lot of people probably felt back in like the eighties. You know, there's yep. probably a lot of people feeling that way. Um, when Which Iron was Mike another, was that's, it's funny you say that too. Cause that's really funny. Cause that was one of the funniest moments too. MJF, MJF is really funny, bro. Like, yeah. MJF mentioned like, Hey man, I don't really know you that much, but my dad told me that you were really, you were really cool at one point back in, back in the day. <laughs> this is like really like, you know, genuinely just little funny digs like that. And so, he like a backhanded compliment. He's the king yes, of he's so good at those little things. The backhanded compliments. I'm gonna say to me that like I felt like I was most 
out of the, all these matches, obviously, you know, the tag match, I was geeked out for the most. But this match was one of those matches where I felt like could be a low-key, just a for pro wrestling fans, could be one of those matches where you just really appreciate what they what was going on. And I think that, like, this is uh, an example of, like, SPD, I've gotten him on board with FTR. He was slow to come around. But to me, I feel like Dax has very quickly established himself as one of like the true pros in on this roster. Like this dude is a workhorse. This guy is dedicated to his craft. He cares about the little things he does. And and that's what makes, they made this match so great is when you see Jericho, Jericho and Dax are both, they both approach things the same way. They pay attention to the little things. And you listen to Jericho on broke on the broken skull sessions with stone cold you know, it, it's one thing to be able to, to perform moves and to to be technically sound, but to be able to know the nuances of a performance, to know where the hard camera is, to know, you know, how to how to make those certain moves feel a, a certain way, convey emotion through your through your your face and your body language and things like that. Both of these guys study the art of professional wrestling in a way that really this is one of those I feel like you, you, you people need to go and watch and obviously there's a lot of background noise and it's easy to get distracted I, I like you know cash was in there like uh, you know popping left and right anytime Dax was hitting a big move I love that his reaction when he got the near fall on Jericho after that like slingshot power bomb which was really really nice that was one of the, oh that was a great spot, very cool spot um and and Dax is quickly like he's brought back the brain buster, which is one of my like, which is I've like that's a sweet move. Um, it it when you if you go back and you watch this match and you try to just focus in on the back and forth between these two professionals, it really will. I think it's going to highlight what just good technically sound professional wrestling can do. You don't need all this this other stuff going on. Uh, if you just dial in and focus in on the nuances, the little things that make professional wrestling work, you got a, you got an A-plus performance out of these two guys, man. I thought this was an absolutely excellent uh, showcase. I was geeked out to see it um, you know, because, again, I'm such an FTR fanboy. I felt like Dax is kind of getting an opportunity to show what he's made of kind of on his own a little bit of recent, like with some of this stuff with Jungle Boy in the past and and now this opportunity. And I think that he's taken it and he's, and he's proven the guy is the real deal. So yeah. I enjoy that. Um, that. Now, the match itself, great, right? We, we both agree. But it's part of a bigger overarching story. And, and again, Blood and Guts is, is coming up. Uh, it's the beginning of May um, that we're going to see these guys go like head to head in the gang warfare, right? I mean, it's going to be like – so what are your thoughts, uh, Bonds, about the overarching story of the pinnacle versus inner circle? And, you know, what do you see happening in the weeks to come? Because there's only a very short period of time that they can do to build up this this feud going forward. What do you think about the post-match brawl? Well, I think it's clear that these guys hate each other more than any other stables right now. They're, the match itself uh, was very brutal in a lot of ways. Um, Jericho was going after after Dax's, you know, he had a cut 
a couple of weeks ago uh, mm -hmm. from the assault and he was going after that. And there was like, these guys want to hurt each other. And I think that there might be some stuff that happens in between Like you might see people get knocked out of this where they're not all involved in the match by the end because of, of, you know, injuries mm -hmm. or stuff like that, where guys are going like full go at each other because the brawl afterwards, again, these guys don't like each other. These guys are trying to, they're trying to hurt each other. They're not trying yes. to beat each other. They're trying to hurt each other. That's why they're going to be in the blood and guts. It's why it's that kind of match. It could have easily been just a, a you know, a, a, a tag match or something. They could have done something fun, fun. Yeah, just random. Right. They wanted to, um, they wanted to have a match where they're going to hurt each other. And I think that through the next couple of weeks, we're going to see an escalation of, of what they're going to bring to the table. We're going to see some, maybe we'll see some TLC. Maybe we'll see some other stuff leading up to that because tonight again, um, I think that they were both incredibly aggressive and I think having the, you know, the workhorses in a lot of ways uh, start off this feud. Um, and point. this is the match. I, I talked about it on, on uh, flights and fights a couple weeks ago. Uh, the match I wanted to see the most was Dax versus Jericho out of this. And I think that it was great that it was the first one because they kind of set the bar yes, at did. a really high spot. And we're going to see more of this because, you know, I I'm sure we're going to see Hager and Wardlow again. Um, I'm sure we're going to, we have to see cash now because cash got punched out by Mike Tyson. That How fun would that be? Maybe we'll see Mike Tyson versus cash. There's a lot of stuff we could see a lot of combinations. Uh, Sammy was involved tonight as well. Mm -hmm. and he got in some stuff on cash too. That's so, there's some really cool things that they're setting up through just little stuff on the sides or stuff after the match or during the match. Um, you know, they all came out and started brawling at the end of the match. Essentially it wasn't over yet. Mm -hmm. They were all like the whole inner circle and pinnacle were just beating each other up on the stage. And they, <laughs> they want to go. All of these guys want to route this. If they could have this match tomorrow, they would do it. That's how it feels. I and agree. I think that they're going to continue escalating it in that way because it's necessary. Um, because again, pinnacle is a brand new team. Pinnacle has been around. They haven't been around for a month. Yep. And I think that they need, obviously, you know, Jericho won the match tonight. Um, I think that they need to pick up a couple wins. I think I wouldn't be shocked if Pinnacle wins either the majority of the rest of the matches leading up to it, just because you kind of have to balance things out a little bit. And, I, and I'm glad that when Jericho was in the match, it wasn't against MJF. I'm glad it was against somebody that's not the leader of Pinnacle. It was um, against somebody else. So you can kind of have him go over and it won't hurt Dax. Losing to Jericho is not going to hurt Dax. You know what I mean? Not at all. It, Very true. And it was a great match on both sides as well. So they're both, you know, because he pushed Jericho in a lot of ways. He had a couple of near falls towards the end where it was like, oh, man, like, because, you know, I think we all expected Jericho to win the match. But uh, going into it, we we're like, oh, man, like this is this is really close here. These guys are going back and forth the whole time. There wasn't really any long stretches um, where either guy was in control for mm -hmm. very long. Maybe outside of the beginning, the beginning Jericho had a, a nice little foot on uh, Dax, but uh, there wasn't really a long stretch of, and you'll see that in AW matches sometimes where somebody's in control for large portions of it. But in this one, you didn't see that. And I think that that's kind of, kind of be um, what happens throughout this feud is you're going to see a lot of back and forth where it's, it's these guys just kind of going at it. They're not really losing ground on each other. And the endings are going to be kind of like tonight where it kind of comes out of nowhere, um, which is cool. I like that. They're not going to have these, 
uh, kind of standard matches where, you know, somebody will get old, like, you know, go and then there's the comeback and then there's the, the maybe the second comeback or something that's not going to be that way for these guys because I think that they're kind of mirroring each other. Presented as equals, right? Yeah, they're equals. And I think they need to, to remain that way and keeping them that way in the build is going to just make blood and guts even more entertaining when you, you see who goes over. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, like very like well said in that regard. I think, you know, there does need to be, for me, I would, I would dial back a little bit on all of these guys fighting each other every single week, right? Because you do want to save some of that for the big moment, right? So Obviously, to me, lean into the the strength that you have with the promo work that you got with these guys. I mean, MJF and Jericho can do what do on the mic as as great as anybody in in the business. SPD always says that you got those two guys on the screen together. That's gold. Um, I think that lean into that a little bit. Um, I always say that the one thing for me, I know there's a lot of people who have different opinions. I think that the one thing AW could do is sometimes less is more. Um, so dial back a little bit, make us want, you know, make us want to see those two teams go at it. I think that the, this type of matchup, having those one-on-ones um, is interesting. I think you talked about Cash and Sammy kind of, there was some seeds planted tonight where you can see maybe that happening. I desperately want to see before this feud is over, I have to see FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. It has yeah, to happen. Has to I'm happen. begging for it. Um, so maybe you have that kind of thing play out. But I, I think that it would be smart if you slow play it a little bit when it comes to the all-out, everyone fighting each other, beating each other up. Every week. They yeah. set the bar very high with those beatdowns that they've already established, right? Like when Jer- when the debut of the Pinnacle happened and they left Jericho bloody and beaten, um, that was amazing. And then the, when, when the inner circle came back, and that beating that they gave the pinnacle was one of the most memorable moments of all of AEW for me. Um, so you've already established that gang warfare and what those two teams will do to each other when they're in the same proximity. They're going to tear each other apart. Yeah. Forcibly separate them a little bit. Forcibly keep them apart a little bit. Let us fans want to see that at Blood and Guts. Uh, slow play it a little bit. So I agree. That that said, you know we're talking gang warfare here. We're talking about some of the elite factions in AEW. We have to talk about the elite. We have to talk about the Bullet Club. You know these guys had uh, immediately at the beginning of the show. They they set the tone. They're, the tag champs are remained the tag champs. They beat you know my favorite in the in, wrestler in the world and and Phoenix. They 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 can they beat them. Um, and the ways of Kenny and Don Callis seem to navigate through the, the waters pretty well. So that backstage promo where they were out in the parking lot, um, you know, again, I really thought that Kenny's promo at B- on BTE was so excellent. And then you, it, a lot of those vibes that he talked about in that BTE promo about like being true to who we are, we're not changing. We're not changing. We're just stripping down all the extra stuff that we tried to build into. Oh, we got to worry about like the fans. We got to worry about, are we being fair to the locker room? And 
oh God, we we don't we, you know we got to give other people an opportunity and a chance to shine and all these different things. They stripped all that away, got back to focusing in on being the elite, being the best in the world, and not apologizing for it. I thought that that was Kenny's main message in that promo. I know that you're a big fan of what Don Callis can do. I, I you know, I, we're going to talk a little bit about this one and then we're going to segue into another promo after that. But this Don Callis, you are such a fan of how he's been able to manipulate things and, and kind of have that carny vibe. What'd you think about this overall promo, man? It was great. It was another just spot on, man. I think that these guys are, they have the right people talking. Uh, first of all, like Don opening up the promo is brilliant because he's, in my opinion, he's the best talker in this stable. Um, he's so good at just setting up those, those tee shots for everybody. He can just do it. Um, and I think that Kenny really did a good job as well when he kind of transitioned and was able to say, we don't care about what you guys like the fans. We don't care about what you guys want. We read what you guys say on the internet. We watch your little podcast. We watch your little dynamite downloads. <laughs> yeah, baby. You know, we, <laughs> we know what you guys are saying and we don't nope. care. We're here to win. We're here to be the best. And it doesn't matter what, what comes from it. And I think that they're, that kind of mirrored what they did in the ring earlier in the match or yeah, earlier in the night. When they had, your feelings are hurt. Yeah, the ooh, no, you're crying. Yeah, yeah it's great. Like yep. there's so much of that um, in the match uh, to start the show uh, that it was really cool that they kind of continued that and ex- almost explained themselves in this, in this promo. Um, and, and, you know, Matt also talked as well and he's, you know, he's doing the same thing. They're all echoing the same sentiments here. They're saying, we don't care about the fans anymore. We don't care about the locker room anymore. We don't care about any of you people. We care about our little group of people being the elite. And they're doing such a good job of conveying that every week in every promo. Um, like Don, Don Callis earlier was even on commentary. And I love when he joins commentary because oh. he adds so much um, he's so entertaining on commentary. He just, his little comments, he doesn't say a lot, but you know, when he, he called Excalibur a mark for the young bucks today and he's like, Oh, you, you were a mark for the young bucks for all these years. And now you don't like them anymore. Like what's going on Excalibur. Like there's a lot of stuff like that where he just, he does these little digs at stuff and he's doing digs at the fans now. And once you start doing that, you're really going to, to make the people, people mad and it's going to be really fun because there's going to be a lot of back and forth online. You know, these guys are all big on Twitter. You oh, know, yeah. Kenny does goes well on Twitter. The young bucks after they, uh, after they, they did John Moxley. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like after they did John Moxley dirty last week, they were like, Oh, sorry guys. Uh, don't ask us about this emotional moment. Like they, that was such a funny, just they, their tweet was so calculated and hilarious. And I was, yeah, the second I, I, that match was over. I watched or I looked at that and I know it was a delete for me last week, but I loved the, the, the aftermath yeah. almost more than what they did itself. I think the aftermath was great. And yeah. um, I think tonight they just, they knocked it out of the park where last week I was kind of confused and, and I didn't understand what was happening at, at points this week. I completely understand what they're doing and I really like what they're doing in the direction they're going. And I think that uh, they're really just, the big time they're almost like the main event mafia back in the day with TN, uh, TNA where they're, they're all these guys that are just, just cocky heels. that are going to win the titles and they're trying to just be all the champions. And and if, if the good brothers are still the tag champs as well, like this, these guys that all have gold. Even, yep. Um, that would have been even better. Gold. 
Yep. And I think that they're doing something really smart and interesting. And how do you feel about it, Mike? Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on it really quickly. I think like I've been kind of defending the Bucks um, and their sort of wishy-washy ways. And I think yeah. some of it is I look at it like from the lens of those guys, like they're going through a huge transition in their lives, right? I mean, like starting this company and building it from scratch and then and like – Obviously, being such advocates for tag team wrestling, I mean, the other comp, the other big company in North America, couldn't give two craps about tag team wrestling. Like their their tag division has been an embarrassment for a long time, and it's because they don't like they just don't care about tag team wrestling. It's very obvious they don't believe that tag team wrestling is a draw. So the the Bucks have made it a personal mission. To make, make to make tag team wrestling and to prove that tag team wrestling is a draw. And they brought in teams like FTR and Santana Ortiz, and they've tried to give these other teams showcases. And I think, you know, as such, even, even we've talked about it, like it's felt like the tag titles have been an afterthought at times while the Bucks have been champs, you know? And so I think that they made it very clear. Matt made it very clear in his promo tonight. The, the tag titles are no longer an afterthought in AEW. No. If, if you're Butcher and the Blade, if, if, if you're Private Party, whoever you are out there, if you think that you're good enough to hang with us, if you think that you can take the gold from us, then come get some. You know, come, come at us. You know where to find us. Come knock on our door, and we'll be glad to kick you in the face. Yep. I, just, I felt like that was a very beautiful way and very emphatic way for them to kind of showcase, all right, we're no longer torn on the VPs or tag title tag tag team champions or what role we should play in the whole grand scheme of AEW. We know push comes to shove, we're the best tag team in the world, and we still are out there to prove it. I thought that this whole promo kind of reestablished that swagger that yeah. these guys needed to have together. I think that Kenny has been kind of defiantly uh, like kind of working in that regard, being more than happy to talk trash to the, to, to impact when they go over there. This <laughs> the, the Bucks coming on board changes everything. I think that uh, yeah. we were we were kind of wishy washy about the way where things were going, just because we struggle a little bit with the Good Brothers. Let's be honest, the Good Brothers do not have that natural charisma that the Bucks have. Um, that I think that that's I don't think that that's a slam on the Good Brothers. I think that that's no. even even they would acknowledge that when it comes to the the kind of the the sizzle, the Bucks are bring the sizzle, right? So They're I the think steak. That, right. The the Good Brothers are the steak. The the, the the young Bucks are the sizzle. And so I think that it was good. It was a good overall story in which they pushed out their – we're not apologizing for who we are anymore. And that was what, and, and that was a message that Thunder Rosa had in her promo, right? Is I'm not apologizing for the fact that I know that I'm the best woman's wrestler on the planet. I'm not going to define myself by AEW standard. I'm, I don't care necessarily about just being the best in AEW. I want to be, be recognized as the best in the world. Her work in Mission Pro. Her work in AEW, her work in NWA. I loved Thunder's promo. I get those like I'm a I'm a DM. I've always kind of felt like the Dynamite download team as the Dukes of Dynamite. SPD has been very naturally a Thunder Rosa mark. He just he he loves Thunder's offense. He loves the way she carries herself. When we picked our, our dream teams, he picked Thunder because she's got that ambassador vibe to her. She's like such an easy person, not just character, but person. 
to root for. And so I, I love that that was established tonight. Um, that, but like that there's more to her than just a good, like a good story. She, she realizes like, I want to win. Yeah. I want, I, I don't want to just be like somebody who helps make, make women's wrestling better for everybody else. I want to be recognized as the, the, the best. And so I love that aspect of her promo bonds. And I, and one of my other aspects of it that I loved about it was she brought back Serena D back into the spotlight. Yep. She mentioned how Serena was missed and how she's been kind of ever since that injury. I feel like the AEW women's division has been hurt by the loss of Serena Deeb. Um, she, she's such a pro's pro uh, for thunder. Again, it's a very nice baby face move on her part. Brought back Serena, mentioned how she's been missed, mentioned how important Serena is, but then talked about that personal feud that those two have and how she wants that NWA Women's Championship. Just an overall very fired up babyface promo out of Thunder that, that really hit everywhere you can ask for. And this is the thing, right? Like Thunder, you you typically we we define her typically based off of what a great MMA, what a fighter she is. Her strikes are amazing in the ring. But AEW has really allowed Thunder to blossom as a promo. Uh, yeah. She's she's really getting more and more comfortable cutting these fiery babyface promos. Oh, yeah, man. I, tonight's was another home run for her. She really did. Uh, she called out, you know, um, both titles. It, if you remember, she called out like, hey, I want to be the champion here. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to have these belts. I, I care about being the champion. And I think that, again, we forget, like, she was the NWA champion not too long ago. Um, she lost it to Deeb, and Deeb hasn't been on television because of a knee injury. And her calling her out, um, she called her out in a respectful way mm-hmm. and in a way like saying, like, hey, I'm coming for you. Like, this mm-hmm. is this is going to happen again. We're not done. And um, I think that it was a really well-done promo. She was able to, again, stay respectful and also call people out, which is a hard thing to do. Um, I, I don't think it's – there's a lot of times where it's uh, – a lot of talent struggles doing that um, well where there's Bones. not um, there's a lot of people that can't like be respectful and also like, Hey, I want to come beat your, beat your ass. You know, you can't do that. And so there's um, I think that she's really, like you said, man, her, her mic work has been great. Um, the last couple of months, really, she's been, I think that, that um, her feud with Brit really elevated her. Uh, that aspect of her performance. And I'm not going to pretend that I've watched everything she's ever done, but like, I just think that she's as good as anybody right now that they have. And it's mm-hmm. um, it's, she's really just a top tier, top tier talent. And I think that when she gets in the ring with, with Deeb again, it's going to be a, a great match because Thunder is kind of a prize fighter. She's not on all the time. She's not on every week. So when you see her, like, you know, her and Deeb are going to just, cause those are two of the best technicians uh, in the world, mm-hmm. in the world. And I think that they're going to be able to go out there and just steal the show. I hope that's the main event when that happens again, personally. I agree. Their styles mesh together very, very well. They're oh, very yeah. smart, purposeful wrestlers um, and both natural baby faces. And I think that, you know, when I think about the the landscape of AEW, it's important that we emphasize, yeah, I mean, like – Brit is going to ascend. I think Brit's that heel. Um, but when it comes to their established stars in their division, um, 
Ty Conti's rising, but she she's not there yet. Right. Sheeta Sheeta is the women's champion, and and clearly a f- like she's got the, those baby face like aspects of her character. But most of these most of the strongest stars in the women's division have been heels, right? So it's very important that you have. To me, anyway, I, I look at Jade is, is kind, of, kind of that. Nyla Rose has been that, you know, Brit. So I think it's important that you see that. And I think that, again, that's what makes Chris Statlander coming back on the scene so much more important. Yeah. Uh, Chris has got that natural baby face to her, especially her, her pairing now with, uh, with the best friends. Um, she just, I mean, she's going to have a lot of people who are behind her now, 100%. Um, and I think that, again, Having Statlander in, injected onto the scene once again in the women's division gives a nice, credible f- talent on the, on the face side that you can count on who's got that powerhouse vibe to her. I think that, you know, AW's trying to build some stuff with like they're on dark, and I see that happening. They're, they're really getting behind the Killian King, is an example of somebody who's a little taller, a little bigger build. Um, yeah. But they got has that baby face overall vibe to her. Statlander is like a more like a veteran Killian King. She's got that like she's got that size, got that presence about her, and we saw that in that match tonight. I mean, like that that gorilla press that Statlander had on Nova was impressive, man. You don't you don't see a lot of people attempt a gorilla press let alone in the women's division. You don't see a lot of women doing stuff like that. And that was an example of pure power. And, and Amber Nova is no – she's not like a slouch herself as far as like size. It's not like this tiny little thing she was throwing around. No. Uh, Statlander looked incredibly impressive in her in her in-ring return tonight, I felt. Oh, man, I agree. It's It's been a year since she's wrestled, and she looks like there was no rust. Uh, she looked great. Uh, frankly, uh, there wasn't really any sort of um, – Nothing really slipped. It was a quick, quick match. I think that she was able to, yeah, she booped the referee. It was great. It was funny. I like her coming out with um, the best friends. Yeah. I think that that Orange Orange Cassidy uh, having his theme attached to her is going to be really good at putting her over as well because I think his entrance now is so awesome. And so having those those that, that stable just attached to her is just going to help her out. Um, yes. Just get over. And I think that they really did a good job of saying like, Hey, like she's going to be dominant. Cause she was, this was a mm-hmm. really, this is one-sided. This match was very one-sided. She was, it was all her. It was a glorified like, squash. Absolutely. Yeah. Much yeah. like the Agogo match earlier in the night, it was yeah. a one-sided um, glorified squash match, which is what she needed after being off of television for a year, you needed to establish, Hey, this is somebody that before she got hurt was on the up and up who was, you know, going to be somebody that they really liked. And now we're, she's still that person. We're going to like not have her lose or even look bad against somebody that's not in her league yet. And I think that's struggle to put away. Yes. Yeah. She, she went in there and just, she kind of said, Hey, this is still my yard. I'm going to go in there and dominate to steal one from Roman. You know, we're going to have these, this big match. And I think she looked, she looked on top. And like I said before, like, this is somebody who can really push anyone because of her size and her just strength. And like, she was so impressive. Just the presses and picking her up and dropping and Oh my goodness. Like you don't see that in women's wrestling enough. Her finisher is awesome too, man. I love that finish. 
Oh, it was great. There's there was so much in that match, and I think that both of the women's matches tonight, and that's we had two women's matches tonight, which is awesome. By the hey, way, hey, by the yeah, I didn't even, even even talk a good about point, that, brother. Good point. Yeah. So we had two women's matches tonight, which was great, and I think both of them like the wrestling in them was really really good, like technically. And SPD, I wish he was here to talk about it because you know SPD is the biggest critic of women's wrestling, and I don't think he could criticize either of these matches because they were just. Both of them were, were kind of similar in the way where they were kind of one-sided. The first one, obviously, with Jade is a little less. less. Yep. But I think that AEW saying, like, hey, these two are people to watch. These are stars. And, you know, obviously, Chris Chris hasn't been around for the better part of a year. But her return coming back in that main event um, with, with the best friends and in, 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 it was uh, a big deal. Nero and Kip, like, that was a really cool moment. and. Yep. That wasn't just her only moment. Now it's like, hey, she's going to be on TV wrestling and doing her thing. She's being I mean, presented, I mean, th consistently since re that return, right? She, that right. return and now this moment <clears throat> being presented as a big deal. And, and that's an, yeah. and that, that's important. I think, you know, I think it's also important to note, like, Chris was rehabbing from a major surgery and she came back. She looks better than she did when she went away. She are pointed that she, out for sure. Yeah, she she definitely lost some weight. She looks stronger, um, just more polished. Um, I think that's going to go a long way in her in ring presentation. I think that like you know building that stamina and being able to go is going to be important when you when you're getting pushed. I think that she's going to get a push. You're going to start going in these matches with these like in, for her to be at the top of her game. You could see it. Uh, Statlander came back and she looks razor focused, man. She's just absolutely dialed in. Um, I agree with you too, man. Like pairing her up with the best friends and, and Orange Cassidy, such an over baby face group. Um, it immediately adds credibility to, to her being that big deal that you talked about. Right. It's just it, not to say that she, you know, that a woman needs a man or whatever no, like no, that. Right. And what I'm, what I'm, what I mean, like, I think what you and I both mean is like, you know, the best friends, orange Cassidy, they're top sellers on it's establishment. Yes. Pro 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 wrestling tees. They sell, like they're always, they got a huge fan base. Um, they're natural baby faces. And, yep. and especially in a pro wrestling world where like, it's very easy to be neutral or to be like, you know, a cocky baby face or to be like, like a, a, a popular heel, they are through and through like true good guys. They're yep. easy. They're just, they're, they're always good guys. They're relatable. They're fun to watch. They're, they're the, they're the ones that you're going to gravitate to. And so la latching onto that group and having her be a part of that, you know, like you said, their entrance song, it almost feels like that song fits her more than it Best. fits. Fit, yeah. yeah. It fits her better than it fits like the rest of the crew, just kind of like that outer space kind of like interstellar vibe to the song. It's kind of got that groovy sound to the Pixies song. So I, I don't know, man, I think that this, this is a, an important development for the AEW's women's division, not only having Statlander back, but having her back in such an impressive fa fashion. She looked really good tonight. I have a feeling that they're going to bring back uh, – obviously, I think Penelope Ford is going to want um, some revenge. I don't know if you're going to like allow that 
feud to bleed into it, each other again, like with Kip and, and the best friends and all that. They AW might want to keep them separated again. But after Penelope got that plexiglass to the face, um, I, I think that that Penelope would be a nice match again. A one-off match for sure. Yes. And, and I think that, you know, Statlander could get that W against Ford. Penelope has not been presented as a, you know, a championship contender at this point. Um, I, I think that Penelope's very talented in ring. I think that right. like, again, I've said like her, she's got the look, she's got the style. And I think that she can, she can go in the ring. I think those two would be a nice one-off match where you could get a Statlander another, another W and this time against somebody who has a name and who's recognizable and you continue to build her momentum. So I, I, I like where they're going with the women's division. I think the women's division, you know, it, it's wild because it felt like the women's division was in the back burner for so long and the tag division was, was up front for, for so long. And now I feel like the women's division has really emerged um, as one of the focal points of the show and they have a lot of talent. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of women on this show that I want to see get more opportunities. So I'm really excited about where they where they go from here. Um, but when it comes to excitement and it comes to stuff that I know that you look forward to each and every week, Taz cut a promo tonight, buddy. And yeah. I know that there, there's nobody on this roster that you enjoy hearing talk more than that sh- that shit bag. <laughs> Taz, <laughs> I love that when he laid that line out there for Christian. Oh, I laughed bag. so hard. Listen, shit bag, that was awesome. Man. <laughs> so I, I know that you had to be smiling ear to ear with this segment. I thought that like this one, they were it was such a home run segment. Yep. Christian and Taz did not pull punches on each other, bro. No. No, this was um well to start there was there was a two segment split and uh, they were back to back though so it was it was still pretty much one thing there was just a commercial break in between so Taz uh, basically called off Ricky Starks and called off Brian Cage which is interesting he called both of them off for for confronting Christian to ask Christian hey we offered you a spot in Team Taz are you going to join us or not mm-hmm. that's what was going to happen and so he basically said hey Brian stay in their back. Ricky, you stay in the back. You guys, your tempers are going too much at each other here. We can't have you mess this up for us. Only for him to immediately mess it up. And when he goes out there against Christian, he immediately says, Christian, you left me hanging. You didn't text me. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing over there, Christian? And uh, asking him all this stuff. And it was great. And Christian immediately says, oh, I'm glad you're standing on the stage so I can stand eye to eye with you, which was a great, great just rib from Christian. And then he, then Taz brought up his money. He goes, Oh, did you earn those money in the bingo halls, Taz? Which is another just, Oh man. Yeah. If I was standing on my wallet, I'd be, I'd be 10 feet taller than you. And then the, yeah. Oh man. With all that bingo hall money, man. Like, Ooh man, they were going at each other. Oh, they were the whole time. And then Taz referenced your favorite wrestler ever too, with his dig back at Christian. Yeah. Right, like he he ripped Edge a little bit, which is funny. Yep. He, he said he, he, he the guy that carried him his whole career, which is you, you know, know that, a good that hits, diss, that hits man. Hard, that, that, that was hits a really hard good a diss. Bit. And uh, and eventually, like Will Hobbs got in the ring with with Christian, and then that that's when it got interesting. And we're seeing like, oh man, like is this gonna be where Christian's first real feud is? And I think that's kind of where we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, Christian versus Team Taz, and obviously. Um, there's some stuff going on with Brian cage and there's stuff going on with Ricky Starks too, which, which makes it even more interesting because Christian talked about um, not being an AEW to help 
ta like Taz fixes crumbling team. He's in AEW to win titles. And so there's a title that, that, you know, is part of team Taz mm -hmm. and there's something, and, and obviously Brian Cage has some problems uh, with Taz and Ricky Starks. So there's some really interesting stuff being, being planted here. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know where it's going yet. I think it's too early to tell. This is only the second time they've interacted. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the first time it got physical because before, you know, obviously last week we, we were like, okay, this is probably not going to lead to Christian joining team Taz, but I wonder what this was going on here. And I think that this week we saw like, Hey man, you know, Taz has his next mark that he's going after. He's his next target. Like, and it's, it's, you know, whenever he has a target, it's either join me or I'm going to beat you up. Right. Like, that's how it was with Darby. That's how it's been. Like he's, he, when he doesn't he get what he personally. wants, he's very mad about it. Yeah. And uh, I think that this week, you know, I love seeing Hobbs get in there. It's been, it's felt like forever since he's been involved in a match on television. And so having him get involved with Christian and just, decimate him like he oh. did um was very very good for him because he's needed to i think the problem with team taz at some points is that you know will hobbs is like the enforcer but brian cage is the same size or bigger than him so it's like will hobbs's role in a lot of ways is kind of mitigated and having him splitting off like having cage splitting off tonight and letting hobbs be the star i agree um was a really good move and it was able to legitimize him again in a lot of ways. Cause like well, he's been on dark and he's wrestled other matches, but he's not been presented on television for people that only watch television. There's a lot I mean, of, the he's in the top. Does. Yeah. He's in the top five of the rankings right now. And, and, and like to your credit, he's not on dynamite regularly in a in competition. And like, so that's a very good point by you. And, and just the way in which he was presented tonight, I think that you nailed it. it like, Keeping Cage backstage, it really allowed Powerhouse Hobbs to be a powerhouse to, to be the powerhouse. And I mean, the, he to his credit, he nailed it. I mean, yeah, the, the the slow lowering of the mic on Taz, you know, on Taz when he was holding it, just the slow, quiet lowering of the mic, the slow walk down the ramp, and then just the absolute beating that he gave Christian and you know, like I know that there's some fans out there who were, you know, I, I thought it was, it's funny, but Christian didn't have any friends to come help him. You know, no. he didn't, you know, it's so, but he, he needs, he's going to learn very quickly. He might need some backup when you go against team Taz. I mean, Darby learned that lesson very fast too, man. Darby was getting ragdolled by Brian cage, literally getting dragged by in body bags. And he needed, he needed some backup to help. I think it's gonna it's gonna be one of those scenarios where does Christian is he able to to fight through this on his own now that Team Taz is showing chinks in their you know chinks in their armor can Christian be able to navigate this by himself or is he gonna have to get some help and does that help come from within Team Taz I mean like you talked about Brian Cage now has established his respect and admiration for veterans. Yeah. Uh, he's a veteran himself. He, he went out on his own and, and gave Sting some props. Does Cage, does Cage potentially uh, see some admiration that he has for Christian? There's so many things that we can unravel here. Um, I'm really excited to see them planting seeds like this and, to ha and for it to go this smoothly tonight. That, that promo battle between Taz and Christian was absolutely 
perfect. You oh, could not have asked it to go any better. The beating that Christian took and the way he sold it, absolutely money. It was it was as good as it gets, right? So I thought that that was very very well done, um, and, and it got hardcore. I mean, but no match was no moment or, or segment of the night had as much chaos going on, had as much hardcore stuff going on as our main event, the TNT title match. Bonds, you and I, and you, me, you, and SPD, we've had some chats about the TNT title. Yep. Uh, Friday night flights and fights, we talked at length about, you know, this Darby Allen championship reign that he's had. Um what were your thoughts on how this all played out, bro? I mean, let's let's lay it out there. Um, this match certainly, to me, um, it 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 struggled with what I've talked about a little bit. It felt like there was it was overbooked a little. There was a yeah. lot of chaos going on, and that's I I, I understand to, to some extent because obviously big money Matt, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of people on his payroll. You know, in a in a falls count anywhere match. That there's gonna be some stuff like that going on, especially with with Hardy. With like, I'm not. I was not surprised to see Butch and Blade and, and Private Party get involved. Um, but man, you got you had Sting come out. You had Lance Archer just decimate Isaiah Cassidy. I mean, it just yeah, there's it, a lot. Going there was on. a lot going on in this match. Um, on top of the formulaic, uh. Darby Allen title match. So we've been very positive about the show to this point. This, I, the, I guess the ultimate litmus test for tonight's show for how great we're feeling on tonight's dynamite. Does this hold up as an elite for you or, or the main event? Does that, is that going to fall as a delete? Well, unfortunately for me, this is the only delete of the night. Um, and it's because of the formulaic stuff and this did feel overbooked and it even, even though it was overbooked, some of the overbooking didn't make sense personally. Like when, when Hardy family office came out, Matt was in complete control of the match. There was no reason for them to interfere. Um, they come out and interfere. And when Matt Hardy was basically in control the entire time to that point, I think Darby had hit him once or twice and Matt was just beating him with a chair and they come out and essentially cost him the match by getting all these other people to come out and get involved. Um, it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if Matt Hardy was losing the match to that point, then maybe yes, come out and help him. But, but Matt was in complete control ever like throughout the entire match. And, and we've talked about this with Darby. And I think this was another example of that. And, and I think that, the stipulation on tonight's match was to protect him in that way yeah. because we've talked about, you know, he's, he's getting beaten up for 90% of his matches and then doing a couple moves at the end to win. And it's getting very old. And I thought that because it was the main event, I was excited. Oh man, maybe they're gonna do something a little different with this one. And the fact that it was a uh, false count anywhere and, and weapons were able to be involved. I was like, okay, you're opening up Darby a chance to get more offense in. This is great. Perfect opportunity for him to, to get more offense in. And he didn't, yep. he was, he, it was the same exact match with weapons in it. And especially for me coming off the heels of like Matt Hardy's promo 
yeah on dark where he was like i'm gonna show you how extreme i can get and like he did but and he and he did but it would have been really nice to see darby match that like and, and like Yes, he had some big moments with the baseball bat clearing the announce table and going buck wild with that. You know, the, the last spot was great. But the coffin drop. There wasn't the, enough of that stuff. There wasn't enough of that, right? Like, it would have been beautiful to see Darby. Like, you and I have talked a lot about this, right? In a, in a regular match, it's very understandable that, like, Darby, given his build, it's going to be an underdog most of the, his matches. And so, yes, it, it makes sense that he's going to have to like kind of figure out ways to win in spite of getting beaten up. There needs to be a, an element, a niche where he, he's in, he, the, he has the advantage. Like we haven't been presented anything where he's been like, so he's had a street fight. He's had false count anywhere matches. Where, where, and, and yes, he's come out on top in those matches. So I can't like I, I sound like, uh, you know, I'm a critic. Like even though he's come out on top, I gotta say, like even in those matches, he again rat getting ragdolled, and it's the big spot at the end where he wins. It's like ninety percent of his his matches, he just gets decimated, and then he wins at the end, and. Early on, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is cool." You know, like he's a non-traditional champion. He's kind of got that like that masochist where like he gets beaten up and he gets beaten up and he gets beaten up and he eventually like wears this guy down and yeah, is able to win. He's able to win through sheer will and determination and stuff, and that's cool. But in doses, I I, I feel like you know, with him being a, a champion and the fa- the TNT champion, really the face of the company. He's he's kind of in a tough spot where his matches just do not fit what we come to expect out of a champion. And it's just it's very hard to get behind when you see this formula play out the way we've seen it. It's just there needs to be more of those matches that break the mold to me. Um, you know, there needs to be more of those matches that shake things up a little bit. That's why, again, like the Joey Janela match, the Scorpio Sky match, those are so refreshing and stand out in such a good way because they don't, they didn't fall into that same pattern. And, and some of it is, I think I might have some fatigue because like he literally was just absolutely in, like just beaten and embarrassed and just completely ragdolled throughout most of the feud with Brian Cage um, which, yeah, I mean, Cage is a monster. He's the machine for a reason, so I yeah. get it. Um, but he hasn't had a chance as champion since that to really feel like he's in control. That he, he that he's that he's a top guy. It, it, it's you've talked about it at length, and I think you say it really well. If he continues to have um, these kind of matches week in and week out, it it doesn't make his opponents look better. It makes it actually look the same. It makes everybody look the same. And, and that's not how wrestling works in its ideal form. You know, like no. there has to be tears. If JD Drake gives you just as hard of a time as Brian Cage, if, you know, it, th- what does that say? If Matt, if like, you know, Matt Hardy in a false count anywhere match 
puts up like it, it's just as hard for him to put you away as you know John Sil like it just it, there where is the ranking system and where do these guys fall it just doesn't it, it makes things very muddy um right. there has to be a, a difference between how he performs against some opponents and others and that's why again I was so disappointed in how this match turned out because there was an opportunity for that formula to change tonight he yes. had the potential of weapons, which when you have a weapon involved, it doesn't matter how big you are. A great you equalizer. Somebody with a baseball bat, you're going to knock them out. Yep. So you can do different stuff. And Matt, again, like I love Matt Hardy, but he's he's been in the business for a long time too. So he's a, in his mid-40s. You have a guy who's in his mid-40s in a, in a match with weapons, and you can, in that kind of match, you should be able to put more offense out. And, and, I, and Matt Hardy doesn't need the rub, right? Like, right. Matt Hardy's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. And, and again, like he's a, he, he broke into the business as a high flyer with somebody. His brother is, is similar to Darby Allen as right. anybody in the world. And they've had matches together. And obviously, you know, I think Jeff's a little bigger than, than Darby is, but still like you were able to have matches with Jeff Hardy as Matt Hardy, where you're not having this kind of stuff go on. And I think part of the problem is like Darby sells so well. Yeah. He sells so well that it's, <laughs> yeah, he does. You, it's like a detriment in a way because everything that happens to him looks like it's killing him. And yeah. It's hard to come back from that and look like you're able to do anything on offense. And he, and that's kind of the problem. He has like these moments where he's just getting, he'll get massacred for, for minutes at a time and just be basically looks like he's out cold on the ground and have it happen, have it happen, have it happen. Give me, maybe get one thing of offense or maybe the guy gets hurt. Like that moment tonight was when Matt Hardy hurt his tailbone doing the, um, doing the leg drop off of the ladder, which is like an awesome spot, but he landed on his tailbone. And so Matt was limping around and that's what kept, that's what kept Darby the champion because Matt couldn't move towards the, the at very end of the match. Cause that was in the last three minutes of the match that that spot happened. And then when Matt couldn't move around as well as he was, Darby was able to get the bat away from him, hit him with it, knock around a bunch of stuff, and then do his one move to knock Matt out. Yep. And so that's kind of how it played out. And it was it was just disappointing because there was potential for in, – in such a great show where I think everything was laid out so well. Oh, this was one of the best – I mean, Dynamite was Oh, it was great, time. especially after last week. Like This felt like they, they earned that Wednesday night win. To, like that Wednesday night war win, like tonight was their, their reward to the fans. And this match was the only one where it felt like it was overbooked with everybody coming out. There was too many people involved and Darby had a chance to get in some offense in this one where he usually doesn't have that opportunity and he wasn't able to do it. Unfortunately. Yep. yep. I agree. I think that you and I both, it's a shame that we have to end on a delete, but um, right. that said, we're going to put it out there. I don't think either one of these guys is going to be our top performer of the night. Let's <laughs> let's transition into that. Let's let's end our show on a highlight. Um, yeah. Bonds, who was your top performer of of AEW Dynamite tonight? I mean, there is a lot to choose from. Well, this is kind of a cop out answer, but it's the Young Bucks. Um, hey, man, that's not a cop out, man. That's, fair that's, enough. Yeah, but they're, they're my top performers of the night are the Young Bucks. I yep. think that um, their match where they are able to transition into being heels, like completely into heels tonight. Um, they changed their style. They changed their their look. They changed everything about how they perform, mm. um, and that's hard for a performer to do. And these guys have the like very similar matches. And I'm not saying they have the same match every week, 
not at all. But when they go out there and do a lot of the same stuff, um, going out and doing different stuff and looking completely different in terms of their speed, they were very methodical this week where sometimes they go and do these a lot of stuff very quickly. They were mm. not like that. They were very different. And then they're like Matt, especially his promo later in the night. Like that was awesome. And um, I've become a Matt Jackson. Me too. Me too. I think Matt Jackson's like really, really good. I, his promo work has gotten so much, like so much more intricate and better um, over just the years. I think he's just really good. I think that's been a thing. A lot of people have said about the young bucks is, Oh man, they're, their promos aren't, where they they could be but i think that that's not the case anymore i think I they're agree. they're there yep. um and i think that they're just i think they were head and shoulders my top performer because of just the the storytelling and the um the work in the ring what about you mike um for me oh, sorry. I, I went back and forth um you know i i i've debated between the young bucks Pac and Phoenix, obviously that that side of the match, I I saw Twitter was buzzing about Phoenix and Pac throughout that match, and and Jade, those are those are really my like what I was debating between. I felt like Jade, um, had a this was her first really big singles match, really right. I mean, like we saw her in, in action with Shaq in the tag match. This was a big singles match for her, and she looked like an absolute powerhouse. She looked like an absolute star in this match. Um, and, and there were a lot of critics about Jade questioning whether or not she, you know, she was getting pushed too quickly and that, you know, like they had all these vignettes and these segments building up her appearance, but then, you know, could she go in the ring? I think Jade has quickly answered that question. I think Jade feels very much like a natural in the ring. Yeah. And so I've, I've kind of come to expect the Bucks to, to be, what I know they are, and that's one of the best tag teams on the planet, and that's a team that that are pro pro like pro pros like a pros pro. They they know how to be a face. They know how to be a baby like a heel. They've done it all in the course of their career. They've traveled the world, um, and they've worked with some of the best talents around the world. And so I knew that the Bucks would hit a home run, especially when they were going against Pac and Phoenix. I thought that this was a, a gathering of some of the best talent that you could ask for in one ring. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you bonds. I, I want to say the bucks, um, but just to be a contrarian, I, I will say Jade stood out to me tonight. I felt like that match with red velvet, um, you know, coming fresh off the heels of such a banger opener, there was that even more pressure on those two women to perform and those two to deliver, um, and I felt like Jade Jade really did. I felt like they kept the pressure going. I felt like they kept the bar insanely high after that. They set the tone that this this show was going to be incredible. So um, I think that Jade deserves some love. I think she deserves some spotlight, uh, especially in such a big match for her. Like, this was a, a, a make or break moment for her. Obviously, all no nobody else was taking any distraction away from her. She didn't have a tag team setting to to kind of protect her it was this was her versus velvet no and and, i mean her power was on display in a way that i was just incredibly impressed by so i think the bucks is an amazing pick by you um and and if you didn't take them i would have picked them but i'm gonna go with with jade for this one dude i i completely feel it on jade she was great tonight as well um i think that it's crazy that she's only had four singles match or four matches at all just because she looks so fluid and just ready to go, man. Yeah. I think that she's, she doesn't need to, to be developed. She's there. 
she's ready to go. And I, I think that they know it as well. Cause they, they don't ha- you don't have somebody go over that much on somebody like red velvet when you're ready to go, man. But yep. thanks everybody for joining us tonight. It was a great show. We miss you SPD. Um, I'm sure he'll be back next week. Um, we got some great stuff for you coming up this weekend as well. So we'll be talking to you guys here pretty soon and, uh, Enjoy your night. Enjoy your rest of your week as well. And thanks for tuning in to Dynamite Download.